my life, my job, my curse is to vanquish evil. The night falls. How do I kill him? The moon rises. No one knows how to kill Dracula. The hunt begins. Who's hunting whom? Now, adventure has a new name. Van Helsing. I am Dracula. What's the boogeyman? It's to swimming with bow-legged women. Last time we did an episode, we had this great, grand idea where Chris would have purchased an item off of eBay that was haunted. Uh, it never happened. I said I was going to buy a haunted object on eBay. You were going to purchase it for me. Yeah, I was going to ship it and to I your was, house. Yeah, because and... I said I didn't believe in, or I would live with a haunted I don't remember. And, and the whole thing, what made it exciting was that your girlfriend is terrified of... Everything. Everything. Including Jafar. So <laughs> I just hadn't got around to looking. It became an, a new cell phone idea for me. I've been saying I'm going to get a new cell phone for probably two years. Yeah, you're, you're on a cell phone that doesn't even exist anymore. No. You can't even download images. It's, it's become, I try to send you dick pics, and you're like, I can't get it. And I say, go to Facebook Messenger, please. <laughs> <laughs> the files are too small. Ouch. I'm not motivated enough to buy it. Something I guess you have to work towards. I th- I personally think you're chicken shit. I'm you don't not. want to deal with no, it. No, I'm not chicken shit. I think you you believe in Gooseley's Gobblies. <laughs> Gooseley's. <laughs> That's my new book, The Gooseley's Tales by Bielstein. Viewer beware, you're in for a scare. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe you'll work up to it, Chris. I hope you do because I think it would be really fun to do. When I get a new phone, I'll get a haunted object. Yeah, and I'll pay for it. I'm telling you, 50 bucks or below. The phone? No, I'm not paying your fucking phone. You don't cook me dinner. You pick an object, I'll buy it for you. You update once in a while if you survive. What? I got an idea. Hmm. Let's have somebody online pick an object for us. Yeah, well, we have to start by people liking our posts. <laughs> and our podcast. One of the ideas we had for a new episode was we were going to go back and we were going to either watch a movie that we really loved or a horror film we really hated and see if our opinions changed in that time. And Eric, you dug pretty deep to find one. We picked something that Hollywood wanted to create a franchise off of. Something that they gave over $160 million for the budget. They hired an A-list actor, 2004's Van Helsing. Van Helsing. 
And that is going to be the focus of episode 20 of the It's All I podcast tonight. We went back, we watched 2004's Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman, because we used to really enjoy that movie, and we have some new thoughts about it, we have some new introspectives about it, and we're going to share that with you in a little bit. But first, we wanted to talk about something that we've been kind of neglecting in our past few episodes, and it's something that we are very passionate about, and that... Mm-hmm. Eric, we are very passionate about Halloween. The Halloween franchise, and everybody knows the Halloween franchise is coming back. Michael Myers kills again this October. It's they, are, yeah. they finished filming. There's been a lot of interesting things happening with this movie. Last time we covered it was when they just basically announced the writers. Danny McBride, uh, which we couldn't hang our hats on just because he's wholeheartedly a comedian. So for him to helming this project a lot of great comedics minds have dark corners the blumhouse production crew they're taking charge uh, john carpenter's back in action with i believe the music and producing they're saying that it's going to be all fanfare but the timeline doesn't make sense chris and this is what kind of frustrates me let's go back to when this thing was first announced We were told that this was going to be a sequel to the original Halloween 2, not Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. This was going to, in fact, be in league with those first two films. It was going to take a lot of beats and a lot of inspiration from John Carpenter's first film. And we were going to get a sequel to the second film. Because as we know, we went into a weird season of the witch type deal. So this was going to be third film to which we were questioning... What about so, the rest? Yeah, the, the other Halloween films, are those are not going to exist anymore. And is this going to take place in the 80s? Is this going to take place years from now? And so it that didn't make sense to yeah. us because they announced a major return. Shortly after that, yeah. Yeah, which was Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie. And once again, the plot changed again. I can only go by interviews and Q&As and stuff, what they're saying. And now they're they're just kind of mentioning the first Halloween. They're not talking about the second Halloween anymore. They're not talking about any of the rest of the franchise. They're not talking about Daniel Harris. They're not talking about H2O. They are solely... No Paul talk- Rudd. No Paul Rudd, God bless him. They're just talking about John Carpenter's first film. Right, so I mean, the rough plot is basically this. Taking place 40 years after the original Halloween, Laurie Strode once again comes face-to-face with Michael Myers. Very simple. Now, if you take a look at the casting choices... You have Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Judy Greer as Karen Strode. So is that going to be her sister? Nick Castle's coming back via, you said, Chris, uh, as a Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew kind of experience. Yes, in fact, Nick Castle stepping in as Michael Myers again, but only for like a quarter of the role because they said apparently it's a very physical role, obviously. So they're going to get stuntman slash actor. His name is James Jude Courtney, who is going to be the new Michael Myers. He looks like a big... Physically imposing dude. So it's kind of interesting because Nick Castle's a 70-year-old pot-bellied man. Yeah. It's cool fanfare. It's kind of like what they do with Peter Mayhew in uh, Force Awakens. What I'm saying is this guy doesn't look like a 70-year-old pot-bellied man. Yeah. play with. They're going to be playing with a lot of shadows. Danny McBride is quoted saying that they are going to pay respects to the sequels. John Carpenter is going to obviously compose. You said homage to the sequels. Do you think that means Easter eggs? Or do you think that means, like, they're going to kind of nod that it took place? or They're going to pick and choose. I think they're going to pick and choose fan favorites throughout the 2018 movie here. Uh, They're not going to, you know, talk about Josh Hartnett and things like that. That would be unusual. 
because all of a sudden Laurie Strode has a daughter, possibly, etc. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Here's another interesting little tidbit that I found out researching today. Last month, there was Mad Monster Party, which is a popular horror convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, in which Nick Castle was there doing a Halloween Q&A. Basically, a fan asked him, speaking of the... He, he let out to say that there are a lot of Easter eggs in the movie that have to do with the original films and everything like that, and they asked if there's any Easter eggs or a tribute to Dr. Loomis, and he said, spoilers, if you don't want to hear. He said that it starts 40 years later, and at this point, Dr. Loomis has passed away. I guess that's the spoiler. Because <laughs> I assume Dr. Loomis, if it were up he to would Donald like Pleasant, 90, he would be alive. Yes, But he said that there is a new character that sort of takes over for that kind of Dr. Loomis position. And the story will explain their relationship. And his name is Sartain. Originally, when this happened, when they said it was going to take place after Halloween 2, we said that, so Dr. Loomis explodes in the hospital with Michael. Yeah. Okay, so that explains Dr. Loomis's death. But like I said, they kind of dropped talking about the Halloween sequels, and they're just focusing on that first movie. I, I feel like we're going to get a throwaway line saying like, "Oh, Doctor Loomis," or they're going to uh, Doctor Bob, or they're going to do what our idea was and have a, you know part of the hospital named after him. Yeah, uh, which is cool. But we'll see. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of excitement. I can guarantee you, this is the most anticipated horror film in years. Yeah, absolutely, hands down. So whatever they give us, we'll eat it up, we'll dissect it, we'll review it. But, you know, the ride to October, it's going to be an interesting one. We're really looking forward to it. I guarantee you in the summertime, maybe in like late August, we'll probably get a teaser trailer. Somebody said April. Really? On Instagram, they said there's a rumor that April, t- April 10th we're going to get a teaser, which is probably just going to be the pumpkin. Yeah, I mean, that's if that happens, I mean, I'll be really impressed, but we need something. And I really hope, I mean, Blumhouse is excellent with marketing. And also, here in Chicago, the drive-in, uh, Cascade Drive-In Movie Theater is going to do a special fall showing in October of Halloween. Is this your most anticipated movie this year? Hands down, yeah. This is the most anticipated. I agree. Yeah, this, it's going to be nuts. Me. I just can't. Do you remember when Rob Zombies came out? We were so into it. I watched the, I found a copy online before it came out. Yeah, the work print. I remember yeah, it was so, and I stayed up all night watching it. Say what you will about Rob Zombies movies. That's not the point. The point is there's a new Halloween movie, and especially the fact that it's coming out in Halloween time. You know, yeah. the season. Oh, it's going to be great. Of the witch is here. The, the one, one. The only. The, the classic, classic Halloween. I think he'll come back. Halloween, the night he came home. Rated R. I'm going to make one last bold statement. Okay. And this is on the record now because we're recording. I think this film is going to lead to a new Friday the 13th film and a new Nightmare on Elm Street film with Robert England. I 100% agree with you because think, yeah. Kane Hodder will come back as uh, Friday because he's the most popular. I mean, <laughs> he'll come back as Friday the 13th. <laughs> Guys, I'm really tired. Come on. He will come back as Jason the 13th and, uh, and uh, Robert England will come back because he has nothing else to do. Yeah, there's going to be a resurgence. This movie is going to make a ton of money. Yeah. I think it's going to make a ton of money because they're going in on the classic nostalgia dip. They're going back because it's the return of a classic character. And they're returning it 
on the fucking holiday that the movie's named after. So it's going to make a ton of money, and other studios are going to say, holy shit, this original slasher character is making so much money. Guys, we could put Robert back in the makeup. We could put the hockey mask back on Kane, and we could, you know, have one last nightmare. This is going to be the film that opens up the floodgates for Friday in Nightmare. We're going to ride a little short, bloody wave of, of 80s slashers. I'm going to say it's going to last for about two years. I'm getting yeah. older. I mean, I'm excited for it. So whatever happens, I just hope it doesn't go the way of 2004's <laughs> Van Helsing. <laughs> or 2017's The Mummy. Oh my god, two diarrhea facts. <laughs> to spread his fear and regain his power to Freddy. Turns to an unspeakable evil. Wake, Wake up, Jason. Mommy wants you to make them remember what fear tastes like. Now that evil, Freddy used Jason, is turning on him. What will you die? Freddy versus Jason, rated R. Michael Myers, we await the night that you come home. Let's move on, shall we? Chris and I delve back deep into the past. We go into the Wayback Machine in 2004. Steven Summers, the man that gave us the mummy with Brendan Fraser, drops Van Helsing on us with a budget of $160 million. Universal Pictures had this glorious, grand idea to make a franchise, an action hero, Indiana Jones meets Monsters, out of this Van Helsing character. Well, Chris, what happened? Nothing. It sank. Within days of its release, every idea of a spinoff and a sequel was dropped. And we're going to discuss why... Evil has many names. But only one man to fear. Van Helsing, your reputation precedes you. Really? On May 7th. Who's hunting whom? Adventure lives forever. Van Helsing. This film is not yet rated. It starts Friday, May 7th. When we were kids in 2004, we were sophomores in high school. It was an awesome movie. It was action-packed. It was uh, different. Do you remember anything about... Leading up to the movie? No. Nothing. <laughs> well, that's the end of that. I don't. I personally do not either. I actually remember first hearing about it through seeing a preview for the video game. I remember first seeing, reading about it, I believe, in an Entertainment Weekly magazine or maybe Wizard almost. I don't know because they I know. It, yeah. So X2 was being filmed at around the same time, X-Men 2. So Hugh Jackman was all, on all of our radars. The Jackman... The Australian Wonderkins. Keep going. We just go on, man. How huge is my jacked man? So this fucking movie comes out, and we're younger. It was awesome. We're losers, by the way. At this point in our lives. We are. I mean, we are geeks. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy that uh, still played in collected action figures. Chris used to walk around with an oversized daredevil fucking mask that was basically <laughs> a garbage bag. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, that's the size of Ben Affleck's yeah, I remember, fat watermelon head. It was. It's, it's not fair. The proportions are ridiculous. It's like one of those jumbo pumpkins that you get at the farms <laughs> yeah. that are like $45. 
That's Ben Affleck's head. So during that era of our lives, Chris and I saw the movie, really liked it. Oh, loved um, it, yeah. And we liked it so much that we allowed 14 years to pass without seeing it again. <laughs> and that's what that's I, where, I purchased the DVD. Oh, so did I. Holographic cover. You can't go wrong oh, with yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was holographic <laughs> cover. I think it's telling now that I look back because I remember I purchased the DVD and I remember like seeing you in the hallway and you're like, Chris Van Housen comes out today <laughs> just broadcasting what pussies we were. <laughs> Literally women walked away. <laughs> They parted like the Red Sea. <laughs> I feel like we shared the, that DVD for a little bit because I remember it being in my backpack. Yeah, I may have loaned it to you, but I remember like not watching it after I bought it. And I remember I rented the video game and I thought that was good. I played the video game myself too and I enjoyed it. If we have any gamers out there, it was basically a Devil May Cry clone, but it was all Van Helsing themed. And it was really cool and I think I beat it in like a weekend. Probably couldn't get it out of the intro because, as you, I mean, you guys don't know, but when I play video games, it's, I have a weird thing. I love watching people play story mode versus me actually playing. Like in Grand Theft Auto, I'll end up like using a sniper scope and like staring at someone's breasts. You'd be a great game tester though, because you do impossible things. Like the second I hand you a controller, I'll, like we'll be playing Grand Theft Auto, and I'll be like, "All right, Eric, you." fuck around for a while your fingertips will touch the remote and the character the polygons are inside itself, and it's through a plane you're not supposed to be in space you have to take out the disc blow in the disc like a cartridge and it turns into an n64 game somehow but i was i'm not a gamer so you know these games you know van helsing came out i played it you know got bored within five minutes it was fun. It was a fun game. Check it out on YouTube. I'm, I mean, there's people that do the whole long plays that you can watch. Your name is Van Helsing. You hunt the monsters who hunt mankind. Battle Dracula. Frankenstein. The Wolfman. Choose your weapons. Accept your destiny. Van Helsing, the game, in stores May 7th. Rated T for T. Yeah, the game is fine, but the truth of the matter is 14 (laughs) years have passed. There's a couple things that have changed and a couple things that haven't changed. Yeah. Hugh Jackman still looks the same, and Van Helsing went from awesome to what the hell. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we had this idea to revisit a movie. We were trying to think of something, and you just came right out and said, Oh, let's watch Van Helsing. And I was like, that was the only time Van Helsing was the right answer. Other than what movie should I donate? Or We need to kind of reconstruct what we're saying. Do you want to start with the good about Van yeah, Helsing? Yeah, absolutely. If we're going we're gonna to talk about the good right now that is in Van Helsing. And I would say right off the bat, the movie starts pretty darn strong. Yeah, the movie starts off in black and white. You get the classic logo, it turns on to fire. Then we're taken to a what appears to be a lost classic Universal Monsters film. Yeah. Townspeople knocking down Castle Frankenstein, looking for basically uh, Dr. Frankenstein and his abomination, the monster. It was all in black and white. Everything down to the set, to the, uh, to the shadows, to the lighting, to the cinematography was so cool. Now, this is something that we realized while watching it because we were on a sugar high 
we're very positive about it. We're very energized watching it. Yeah. And Dracula appeared in that scene working with Frankenstein. And we're saying how they bundled together all these characters in the first 10 minutes of the Yeah, film. the perfect origin story within those first 10 minutes. Yes. They explained exactly what was happening with the For, Dr. Frankenstein, with putting the mo- bringing the monster to life with Dracula. Dracula's Dracula plan. funding Dr. Frankenstein, which yeah. is so brilliant. And Dr. Frankenstein is we well we can only assume wants somebody to respect his science. You know that's what his whole idea is. He's not trying to be a son of a bitch about making these monsters, but he wants to push the envelope of science. And he finally finds a benefactor. That benefactor ends up being undead prince of darkness so we're saying while we're watching this how simple that was and how it did everything that it needed needed to do because these were classic characters that nobody really needs a long origin story for and we were kind of making fun of the supposed dead alive dark universe that's happening not happening yeah, the reboot of the universal yeah Monster and movies. how essentially they had you know this six seven movie plan for all this right when a 14-year-old, not even very good movie, explained it better in 10 minutes and explained it in a more horror-themed universal monster way than that mummy trash bag way. did. Yeah, that fucking trash bag movie, The Mummy, still has me speechless. But here's a funny thing. This Van Helsing <clears throat> 04 movie, this was supposed to skyrocket the monsters again. It was supposed to take it into a whole new direction, and it failed. The Brendan Fraser mummy films... They were going for that action horror vibe, which I think is a problem that Universal has. And I, and I think that they should maybe stray away from the action and focus more on horror, which is what we've been saying since episode one of this podcast. Right. But what the fuck do we know? So another thing, again, we're being negative. We're supposed to be talking about the good stuff about Van Helsing. So that intro in black and white and setting up our characters and their drive and stuff was very good. We also really liked the... Designs, general designs of the monsters. Absolutely, besides the ponytail. So we get introduced to uh, Dracula. He is a a classic Victorian-era-looking Dracula. His appearance when he turns into the actual monster that he is is just this giant man-bat. Terrifying. They did a really clever job with the cinematography and the editing where um, Dr. Frankenstein was quickly trying to gather all of his equipment and uh, Dracula would appear... You know, out of nowhere and just yeah, continue he was talking, cutting into like every angle. Yeah, right. Which is cool because the cinematography, the cinematographer is a Steven Spielberg staple. He's the guy that uh, did the cinematography work on E.T., Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Congo, a lot of Spielberg movies, yeah. and he did Van Helsing. Frankenstein's uh, is another monster that was introduced. How do you make Frankenstein a fit in this action mold? Uh, they made him a steampunk Frankenstein monster. Yeah. So cool. We also got the Wolfman. The Wolfman. Igor, if you want to include Igor. Igor, Dracula's Brides. Yeah, so the Wolfman was completely CG. and His the, transformation process was super unique. Yes, ripping off the human skin to reveal all the fur underneath and everything like that. And I really liked how he looked like a, a giant hulking wolf. Yeah. Like, it, it, he didn't really resemble Lon Chaney Jr. Not Wolfman. at all, but during the transformation sequences, there was there a little glimpses, bit of glimpse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there um, was the Dracula's Brides, which were interesting characters and often overly dramatic, annoying characters. But yeah. they were there for eye candy, mostly. And probably the most over-CGI'd characters I've seen. Let's get down to the, the, the acting of the Dracula's Brides. Now, these are gorgeous 
girls. They reminded me the look was more hammer horror. Um, with the cleavage. <laughs> especially the cleavage. But their acting, their, their accents, and their laughing was, was cringeworthy at times. They're irritating characters. They were extremely irritating. Because there's three of them basically all trying to outact each other. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, and it yeah. just seemed like they were being very obnoxious. And it was a very loud movie at times. And I'm not saying that because of explosions and action. I'm saying that the acting was very loud and over the top at times. Eric, the first 40 minutes of the movie or so are, are solid. Like, we're watching it, and I was like, yeah, this is this is good. Like, this is a good action right. horror so movie. The, one of the coolest sequences was after that black and white intro, it fades into to Van Helsing hunting Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And yeah, another monster that appeared in the movie, and he's awesome. He's super awesome. Not Russell Crowe, fat fuck. <laughs> All they did to Russell Crowe in the Mummy movie 2017 was give this fucking guy an extra hamburger. And then they put fucking blue veins on him because he's so fat that he can't, his circulation in his body's terrible. Uh, he put on leather gloves as well. Oh, yeah, his leather gloves. Oh, how scary. So in the Van Helsing film, Mr. Hyde is just this giant, fat, obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on a oh, second. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> He was throwing telephones at Van <laughs> No, he was just big CGI monster. He was gross. He had like a dead white eye. He had mutton yeah, chops. Yeah, huge. He was... He, was like he had chimney. plumber's crack. Yeah, he had plumber's crack. He was an ape-like body. He had this Cockney accent, uh, real scumball. Who's the fat cigar, guy from Jackass? The Vito. Don Vito. Don Vito. <laughs> Tons of Don Vito in there. <laughs> there is Don Vito in there. You're a big one. You'll be hard to digest. I'd hate to be such a nuisance. <laughs> I missed you in London. <laughs> no, you bloody did not. You got me good. Dr. Jekyll, you are wanted by the Knights of the Holy Order. That's Mr. Hyde now. For the murder of 12 <laughs> men, 6 women, 4 children, 3 dogs, and a rather nasty massacre of poultry. Oh, you're the great Van Helsing. You're a deranged psychopath. So that was like a great action sequence. Van Helsing, you know, finds out that Dr. Jekyll's turning into this Mr. Hyde fellow. He's been killing people, so he has to go out there and he has to stop him. And he uses his sweet uh, Beyblades. <laughs> yeah, so he has the, Van Helsing's got these cool-ass Batman-esque toys. These Beyblades, if you will. Uh, so we got a really good action sequence with him taking down Mr. Hyde. Practically, I want to say 90% of it was CGI. Yeah, but it was excellent. There was a cool little battle sequence. Uh, so he accidentally kills him, and lo and behold... That establishes the, that the character's an outlaw. Right, and he's wanted for murder. Van Helsing has to figure out a way to get down from the cathedral, because <laughs> he was really high up there. <laughs> he was. So he goes to the Vatican. They really uh, thicken the story. So the Vatican is basically like S.H.I.E.L.D. It's like special branch. Yeah. <laughs> From James Bond. Special branch. He has a Q, which is basically a monk. David Wenham from Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings and 300. Yeah. And he's the dude who gives Van Helsing all of his cool yeah. weapons so and the, plot the, devices. Right. <laughs> and the whole time they're like, by the way, there's this Dracula guy that we've been knowing about since forever. You have to fight him. Press uh, the select button to save your game. But you find out that uh, Van Helsing has amnesia. And he doesn't really know who he is. And then in that time frame, that's when you realize that his name's not Abraham Van Helsing. His name is Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Gabriel Van Helsing. And doing some dirty research, we discover that 
the filmmakers wanted him to be his brother. The entire movie, you were, were introduced to the Kate Beckinsale's character and this Wolfman character at the same time. We're going to get to Kate Beckinsale's character in the bad section. We're establishing some pretty cool action scenes. We see some action scenes between Van Helsing, Kate Beckinsale's character, and yeah, the so they go to the that top. Pretty cool. So one of the coolest aspects too of, of just the filmmaking aspect that town they shot in was uh, the original filming sites for the Wolfman, Dracula, and Frankenstein, the original. Yeah. So we learned that Kate Beckinsale what is she wants to kill Dracula because they're, they're, it's her lineage. Yeah, her they're, lineage. Her, yeah, her basically. Her father was killed by Dracula. <laughs> she's a family of like losers that just lost Pretty to Dracula. Much, yeah. And she's like, I'm going to change it. And she teams up with Van Helsing to take him down. Also, her brother turns into the Wolfman. So now she's got that going on. They get to Dracula's castle. They storm his castle, what, an hour into the movie? 50 minutes into the movie. And that's when the vines that are the plot start increasing and getting mixed and confusing and then they introduce that dracula has a bunch of little babies yeah like they go in you feel like it's the end of the movie yeah, at this point yes absolutely you feel like oh, the third already, act has occurred they're already in dracula's castle we've had some pretty big action sequences all right this is the end of the movie they discover dracula has a nest of baby sacks disgusting baby sacks yeah you don't know what's in there but apparently it's his offspring and that's why he wants to use the frankenstein monster to harvest the electricity to bring life to his his unborn horde of yeah right i mean that all sounds okay that sounds like fine i can work with that it sounds like the end of the movie it sounds like okay you know dracula's main plot here it's what he's gonna do and we're watching it and i'm like this isn't as bad as i was making it out in all those years you know this is pretty entertaining movie and then I, i realized that we didn't even meet the Frankenstein monster yet. Right. And then I remember a bunch of action scenes after that, and I was like, oh. Right. This so, is going to take a wrong turn. So basically, the midpoint of the movie was we have to stop Dracula's little creepy-ass fucking kids from, from coming out of their ball sacks. Yeah. And then, uh, once again, we have to stop another hour into it, we have to stop the creepy children coming out of the ball sacks. Again. So all the good that we loved the setup of the movie... We love the monster designs, the monster treatment. The um, overall atmosphere. We enjoyed the atmosphere. The music is stellar. Alan Silvestri, you said, yeah, was... The, the composer did Back to the Future. Back to the Future trilogy. I mean, Avengers, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Polar Express, all that good... Most of Zemeckis' work. Zemeckis films, And yes. it's crazy. So they had all the ingredients. So we kind of enjoyed it up until that castle fight. Where the movie was supposed to end, it, it just kept going and And it wouldn't stop chris they escaped the castle and they met and this is where we start the bad they met frankenstein's monster frankenstein's monster was that kid in your group of friends that nobody was like really good friends with and nobody would hang out with him by himself he just always tagged along with you and he would whine a lot and when somebody would you'd be having a good time he'd point out like a lot of facts yeah absolutely (laughs) and you would just be like who brought this guy? Like, yeah. why is he even here? Unfortunately, that's how the character was. The treatment of the Frankenstein monster character, I thought was awful. I feel bad for the actor. I mean, I don't know if it's the actor's Oh, fault. this guy, you know this guy was preparing for the last six he, months. <laughs> he seemed really method. He seemed really into it from the way he was treated throughout the story, being this kind of helpless, almost monster in distress to the pitch of his voice, the constant over-the-top screaming he would do. 
right very and he, overly dramatic absolutely and he was he's a stage actor so that kind of explains some things about him when frankenstein himself sort of became the macguffin he is basically a never the ending of the power he's a battery he wasn't likable so that already returns your mood on this movie he, right. wa- he wasn't likable you didn't give a shit about him because he was so irritating and, and i honestly think this might be one of the first treatments of frankenstein where you kind of don't feel bad for I felt pity for the actors that had to deal with his overacting because, <laughs> you know, he had to, like, calm himself down between the scenes. <laughs> We're going off some other characters here. Another reoccurring character that I found kind of irritating. I know you found him, too, is Igor. We have this fantastical movie. So you have all these characters. So having an Igor in there seems like it would fit perfectly into yeah. the puzzle that is Van Helsing. But it didn't. Igor was, like, you described it as a Scooby-Doo character. He was just so over the top, and uh, that's the guy that played Benny in The Mummy, which we like Benny. Okay, so this is the same director. Yeah. And you see the difference because Benny was such a sleazebag in The Mummy. Yeah. But it wasn't a frustrating character. It was just, he was so good. Yeah, so the casting was so good. Igor was a sleazebag as well, but he was just like a, he was just a fuckface. He didn't fit the mood. One of the most frustrating things, though, with Igor... Uh, yeah, so they knock him off the bridge and he falls into the watery depths below, but... Creature for Black Lagoon was going to... Gilman was going to make a little cameo appearance and snag him up. So is that going to be a deleted scene, or is that gonna, was that supposed to be like an alternate ending? Or I guess it was supposed to be just a, a, deleted, a scene, a sequence. It was never made. It was just a throwaway scene, hmm. and they never did it for some reason. I don't know why. Since we're talking about bad here, we got Frankenstein, we got Igor... Uh, Kate Beckinsale's character. If we take away the fact that she's pretty to look at, she this was... is right after she did Underworld, by the way, where okay. she killed it. She was awful. Her character was was just really sad. Like like we mentioned earlier, uh, the whole point of her character is she wants to kill Dracula because it's in her blood, it's in her lineage. Her father tried to kill Dracula. Her grandfather, great grandfather, all tried to put the uh, put an end to the Prince of Darkness, but they just couldn't do it. So she is next in line, and she is very confident that she's going to defeat Dracula, and she's going to save the world from his evil. And she really doesn't know what she's, she's doing got, half the she's, time. She's got the moves like crazy. Absolutely. She doesn't do anything. She's got all these weapons, these guns, these sword-fighting abilities. She is a strong character, strong female lead, but she doesn't do anything. She constantly gets captured. She constantly does backflips. <laughs> constantly gets knocked around. Has a really stupid, annoying, fake accent. And she constantly gets drugged by Van Helsing. <laughs> I remember when I first seen that, it immediately made me think of Batnap. Adam, oh, Adam yeah. West, Adam Batnap. West, there's a couple t- instances where... He would bring strangers into the Bat Cave, and for whatever reason, how do you think he got uh, Robin? And then when he had to get, <laughs> when they had to get them out, obviously they couldn't see where they were. So he would, he would just come out and he would spray them with Batnap, which would knock them out. And then he would put them in, he'd throw them in his trunk, of the Batmobile, and he'd drop them off like somewhere in L.A., I guess, <laughs> alleyway. So Van Helsing like did this, and it, it made her, it made her character look really weak. It just made her look stupid. I mean, she was always it's getting beat up. She was always getting... Captured. Hit. Yeah, and she would always be pushing Van Helsing aside in, like, every scene. And she's like, I'm going to do this. And she'd literally, like, twist her ankle, and then Dracula would capture her. Or the... Right, because <laughs> she's yeah. wearing ridiculous heels. During that whole movie, they somehow developed a relationship. 
Yeah. Which didn't make sense because it was not organic, barely suggested. They're both good looking. That's all you need. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just the movie itself. The pacing was just so bizarre. The end. Before we get to the ending, because the ending is quite a wallop. A few other bad things we're just going to touch on. Vampire sack babies I hated. Yeah, they made too many of appearances. The vampires were annoying. They tried to be cute and not cute at the same it time. It started to turn in really video gamey. Very. And it seemed like it was going to be a 3D movie, even though 3D movies weren't really around. It was weird how characters flew right at the screen and like did something. Yeah, like, multiple it, times. Yeah, and yeah, it made it seem like it was a 3D movie. Well, they were using that Imagine... Um, technology that lord of the rings did so maybe that's why just to say hey look it's not fake but it's real yeah but it's not real it's fake we talked about the brides we talked about all i personally did not like the lore they established on how a werewolf can only kill a vampire i don't understand why you don't you don't like that because that just that's awesome that's unique and it makes sense because they're both cursed creatures that's silly Oh, look at it. Only a werewolf can kill a vampire. Oh, right, which would... And it's just a creature that Dracula it's a seems showdown. to keep around for some it's reason. It's a showdown that you want to, you know, witness. Yeah, yeah, but a werewolf can fucking kill a vampire because a werewolf can kill anything because it's a giant beast. Yeah, it was just a nice way to finally, you know, oh, we get it, the Wolfman versus Dracula. We could have had that anyway, though. Yeah, but it was a good way to make it make sense. But I agree with you. They could have hulked up and, you know, did their little WrestleMania moment. And there's so much going on as it is. The story is super saturated and bullshit. So anyway, <laughs> as as Eric was mentioning with, with Kate Beckinsale's character, the character dies, which I didn't remember. Kate Beckinsale's character dies. She gets speared by, by a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Dracula, before Dracula gets bitten by Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Hugh Jackman accidentally kills Kate Beckinsale. Whoops. Literally, accidentally kills her. Whoops. Uh, no going back from that. Whoops. He howls in pain and agony. At the moon while he's holding the body of Kate Beckinsale. We don't even know her name. Cut to them on the cliffs of Dover. She turns into a, a wispy uh, cloud. Yeah, they're having a little funeral for her. She turns and, into a wispy cloud. And he looks up to the sun. And you think, alright, well, that's the end of the sun. <laughs> Until you see something forming. And I, and, a wispy cloud turns into Kate Beckinsale. It reminded me of like the Teletubbies son, you know? <laughs> yeah, the baby son. Yeah, creepy. It was it was like that superimposed image, that image. That, yeah. That's what it looked like uh, in a cloud. And then the brother came in. And then the brother came in as the a cloud. The brother that died earlier in the movie came in so, also yeah. as a cloud. So you have Kate Beckinsale cloud, her brother cloud. Uh, they have a moment. They lock eyes. These two clouds lock eyes. The cloud of Kate Beckinsale looks at the human form of Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman looks at the cloud and smiles and understands that this cloud is going to go to heaven. And then the heavens open up and the cloud that is Kate Beckinsale vanishes. That actually happens. And that's how they ended. And they ride off into the sunset. Yeah, that's how they ended Van Helsing. Yep. And it was, uh, I was glad it was over. It was too long. It was overly complicated. Yet still stupid. $160 million movie turned out a stupid amount of $300 million. That is pathetic. There was a good movie in there. And that's the frustrating aspect of it. It's just like, ah, it's one of those movies that I guess you can possibly have in the background on Spike TV. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a background movie. I remember catching about 15, 20 minutes of it a couple of Halloweens ago on AMC. 
Because it's an American classic movie, apparently. Of course. <laughs> Brought to you by Ben Mekowitz. <laughs> How would you rate it? As of now, it would be uh, one and one half. Out of five. Out one of and five. a half out of five. Yeah. Tickling 2, 1.75. It's just It was just a poorly constructed movie that did not hold up at all in regards to proper... I, the basics of filmmaking, I guess, in regards to writing and direction. How did Steven Summers go from The Mummy to this pick and say on... Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Can in spoil the, the broth, they hmm. say. Yeah, oversaturation. It just seemed like maybe there was too much. And the marketing wasn't too solid because I honestly can't recall 100% of the marketing, but doing a little bit of research, you had the game, you had a casino game, a comic book, obviously a novelization, and the toys. The animated, the animated prequel that prequel, they made, which, which we seen some trailers of. We tried to find it online, but we couldn't find it. There was an animated 30-minute uh, prequel that they made showing Van Helsing's hunt of... Mr. Hyde throughout London, which yeah. seemed pretty interesting. It was like an anime style. Yeah, and Hugh Jackman did the voice of Van Helsing again. Now playing only in theaters, Adventure has a new name, Van Helsing. And starting May 11th on pay-per-view, see Van Helsing, The London Assignment. The thrilling backstory leading up to the blockbuster movie event. Van Helsing, The London Assignment features the voice of Hugh Jackman. This isn't over. Order this original animated adventure and get an exciting behind-the-scenes look at the making of the movie. Van Helsing, The London Assignment. Starting May 11th on pay-per-view. The adventure continues. But Pretty cool. It seems like they kind of went in. I mean, they banked on this movie to be something kind of cool. Well, they had high hopes. I mean, yeah. there was spin-offs, a TV show they wanted to do. They even wanted to do a TV show during the Wild West. Someone from the West, like a deputy, goes to Transylvania and uh, interacts with monsters. And occasionally Hugh Jackman, as Van Helsing, would appear in the show. That's a cool idea. It is a cool um, idea. They even came out with the toys. So let's get back to the marketing. The toy line, Here's Van Helsing Monster Slayer toys. Yeah, I remember seeing a bunch of those. They um, had the Castle Dracula playset, which is cool. Um, did you own any of them? No, none, actually. Neither did so I. to this day, I will always find a loose figure at Flea Market. It's one of those, oh, cool, and you put it down. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, just something that triggers a memory, and that's, but you don't need it. One of the coolest toys, I guess, which I don't remember this, but during research I found, was the Van Helsing Gross Dissection Lab Creepy Crawlies toy, where uh, you grow one of the ball bat sacks. I just remember action figures. I remember there being an action figure of the Wolfman, and you can actually put Van Helsing in his body. Like, you'd fit it over him. I'm looking at the Dracula one. He literally looks like a fucked up Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay, so the toy line was called, as you said, Van Helsing Monster Slayer. Yeah. I thought that was a kit or something. No, no, no. And the action figures would come with monster guts. They'd come with jars of, of slime. With, I guess that is pretty cool. Yeah, with eyeballs and body parts or whatever, and it glows in the dark. That's really, really cool. Like, yeah, take that back. Think I about guess. that. A, yeah, monst- you're right, a you're monster right. figure with some gooey... Slime. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I take that back. You are pretty right. But they take those Universal Monster Burger King toys that came out. They remake those and package them, and you put in some glow-in-the-dark slime, ninety-nine cents glow-in-the-dark slime with some rubber spiders in there. Sell it for ten bucks. You get yourself a, a. I'll buy that shit a in deal. a second. Get some water. Yes, when you least expect it, there could be an outbreak of vamp fire. These instances of combustion from a coffin could catch you unaware, and the results aren't pretty. 
That's why you need the Van Helsing Vampire Detector to protect you and yours from the caustic fumes of the undead. You can put the Van Helsing anywhere. And the Vampire Detector can distinguish between vampire smoke and recreational smoke. So you can continue to slowly kill yourself without setting it off. Here's how it works. Vampire smoke enters the Van Helsing, and when it overpowers the garlic-powered sensor, it sounds the alarm. So stamp out vampire danger with the Van Helsing Vampire Detector. From the same people who brought you the Cross Your Heart Nightlight Vampire Repeller, and for those undead odors, odious eaters. Oh, that smells springtime fresh. Well, yeah, I mean, what would you rate Van Helsing? I think your rating was very accurate. 1.75 there you go. out of 5. I, two and a half is halfway decent, you know, and I didn't think it was halfway decent. I'd say just below two is, is perfect for, yeah. for Van Helsing. But the Van Helsing character isn't dead. Wasn't it in Dracula 2000? Wasn't the one female that defeated Dracula, wasn't it revealed to be Van Helsing's daughter? Yeah, Dracula 2000. And there's also currently a, a television show on the Sci-Fi Network called Van Helsing. Played by a woman. Played by, by a woman. I don't know if that's supposed to be a, a relative or if they're just kind of making it its own thing and she is Van Helsing. Abra- Abrahima Van Helsing? Or... Van Helsing, like you said, has always been and always will be around. Some of the cool little tidbits that people that played Van Helsing, obviously Peter Cushing is the best Van Helsing in my eyes. I love Peter Cushing, all the hammer horror. But Anthony Hopkins played Van Helsing, Rudger Hauer, Lawrence Olivier, Peter Fonda. So who do you think would have played Van Helsing in, say the mummy was decent, made decent money, they're moving forward. Who do you if, think? if not Tom Cruise. I feel like they would have gone with, like, The Rock or something like that. <laughs> the Rock is Van Helsing. Seriously. Would be, wasn't, wasn't he rumored to be the Wolfman? That'd be so who would you want to play Van Helsing if uh, you had the opportunity? I would choose an older actor myself. I would choose Jeff Bridges as Van Helsing. That would be interesting. Essentially the true grit, Jeff Just Bridges. Just batshit crazy. Why not Jeff Goldblum? Oh, Jeff Goldblum has to be one of the monsters. <laughs> He's gonna be the creature from the Black Lagoon. The creature from the Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> well, Chris, I can't believe that after over 14 years, Van Helsing has turned out to be one steaming pile of Marlon Brando shit. Did it turn out to be, or or did we just wake up? I think we did wake up from the icy tomb. Oh, that's another thing we didn't talk about. Dracula lived inside ice cubes <laughs> in Van Helsing. Yeah. He had sex in ice cubes with his brides. Yeah. How does that work out? What's going on there? I think it's about as much thinking as went into the whole Van Helsing movie. And this podcast episode. And <laughs> this podcast episode. Uh, Eric. Yes, sir. I think we got to go to that drive-thru and see Halloween. Yeah, so we'll go to the drive-thru. We'll see Halloween. Uh, we have C2E2 coming up, um, Ooh, that's which is a comic book convention here in Chicago. We're going to stalk that, talk about looking for horror magazines, but not buy them because <laughs> we're adults with, uh, with budgets. That's pretty much what we got on the agenda. We're just going to be going to a bunch of conventions, looking out for some horror things, and we'll definitely report back. But man, I, I feel like our Halloween content is going to increase with every episode here because I'm getting excited. Less than seven months, we are going to have a new Halloween movie on our hands. Thought. And I'm looking forward to uh, delving into another fondly remembered movie that'll go absolutely batshit horrible. I, I Frankenstein. <laughs> 
We never liked that movie, though. Yeah, because it's an American classic. We don't have to like it. <laughs> it's kind of like Mr. Nanny. We just don't talk about it, but you love it. Well, that about does it for this episode of the It's Alive podcast, episode 20. As always, you can hit us up on social media to see what we're up to, which is pretty much nothing nowadays. Facebook, Twitter, and the It's Alive podcast website at itsalivepodcast.com. Backspace, my pages. <laughs> Backslash forum page dot xenoverse.com <laughs> just use fido search engine to find it oh man that was laborious to cover chris now i feel like dr frankenstein how did dr frankenstein deal with that annoying frankenstein monster well, during just, the creation he just woke up maybe he did like the mouth last i want to live oh, he's so dramatic it was like like having madonna with you on all your adventures oh jesus <laughs> Well, that's like wearing a dirty sock. It's a sentient sock. <laughs> Mr. Sacco. Yeah, Mr. Sacco is essentially Madonna. Well, she's been in enough people's mouths. How? Why is she inside other people's mouths? Well, Eric, I don't know how sex works. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I'm completely celibate. <laughs> <laughs>